Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Everyone, good to be in church with everyone today. Um, I even gave a few people a little handshake and a kind of a side hug. Doesn't that feel good? So that's great. But we're just so delighted that you're here today. Thank you also for joining us online if you're joining us uh, at home. There's many people still dialing in online. So wherever you're joining us from today, uh, I'm excited. What a great summer. Did you hear the lineup of announcements? Camps, four camps. We're going for it. And water baptism. And Angel mentioned you can sign up. And you can also sign up at Next Steps today just out, out in the lobby. Uh, if you've never yet been water baptized and you're a follower of Jesus, I would really encourage you to take that next step of obedience in your life and following him. It's an outward symbol to the world of an inward commitment saying, I am identifying with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrected life. And I know that it's going to be a party. So sign up. It's going to be a great day up at Chestermere Lake. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. I also just wanted to bring you an update. Uh, First Assembly, we have been in a focus in the month of June this past month on Kingdom Builders. And we had set a goal this year till the end of this calendar year to raise $180,000 for global and local mission. We set a goal to raise 90,000, half of that amount in the month of June. Here's the really good news. $80,000 has been raised. So congratulations, First Assembly. That's fantastic. Thank you for responding. So we only have another $10,000. And if we could see that happen this month, it will line up with our fiscal budget year end. And uh, perhaps you haven't had a chance to participate in that uh, above and beyond uh, giving to mission. And I would encourage you to do that uh, through the month of July. And so I believe that we're going to meet and even exceed that goal as we continue to be on mission. So thank you for your participation. And thank you for partnering with us in Calgary and around the world. Let's say thank you to our worship team up here leading and dancing and worshiping. I love the energy in the room today. Did you know that, uh, let me just start with this before I jump in. Um, If you are not a dancer, here's one way you can dance. Here's what I do. You just kind of go like this. Okay, so I saw some of you, because some of you are dancing, and others of you are kind of going, I I don't know how to dance. All you have to do is like, it's like a grade six slow dance. You just go like this, back and forth. Okay, is that cool? I challenge you. Come on, we're back after a pandemic season. We're in a season of freedom. Let's continue. Let's be free in this house. Most of you guys were moving and grooving, and some of you, and I know what it's like, and so, you know, I just want to encourage you. You can you can dance. Turn to your person beside you and just look at them and say, dance, dance, dance. Just go for it. (laughs) Oh boy. Where's the pastor going this morning? This is going to be fun. Genesis chapter 37. If you have your Bible, I would invite you to open that chapter with me in the book of Genesis. If you're new to the Bible, Genesis is the very first book in your Bible, whether it be digital or paper-bound Bible. Today we start a, a brand new summer message series we are calling Joseph Dreaming with God. How many believe it is time to dream again with God? 
And so for the months of July this month and into August, uh, we are going to be hearing from uh, a number on our preaching team. Uh, they're going to be bringing messages in this series, and I believe it's going to be um, something that is going to really encourage us and help us as we set our hearts in, in a season of uh, reopening, and uh, we're just thankful for what God is doing and how we can gather this summer. The Joseph narrative is, is a familiar story, even in our culture. Even if you're not a church person, there's been many poems and songs uh, written about Joseph. Uh, there's been plays. Most of us are familiar with the uh, play Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. A uh, famous play. A lot of people understand or are familiar with the general story of Joseph, a favored son, loved by his father, jealous brothers who sell him, trade him into uh, the slave trade. He goes to Egypt. He's falsely accused. He is thrown into prison, but God's favor is with him throughout the journey. And, and eventually God raises him up and he becomes the second most powerful person in the known world at that time and saves his family. And God uses him sovereignly in the uh, nation of Israel and, and the plan of God for Israel. And it's an amazing story. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. But the story of Joseph and his brothers is not just a great narrative. It, it, is, it is full of rich and deep theology and themes that run deep, that can help us, that can encourage us. So uh, we're going to have a great time in, in this series. It's interesting to note that there's more space given in the book of Genesis to Joseph's story than any of the other patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those stories are important, but the Joseph story is a lengthy one. Almost a quarter uh, of, of the, uh, the book is taken up with his story. And there are some incredible themes, themes of God's sovereignty, how God is at work in mankind and nations and families, uh, themes of forgiveness and healing, but how God is so involved intricately, sovereignly in his providence in, in the journey uh, of, of each one of us. And that's how we can see it. And that's how we can, we can view it. Joseph is a vivid uh, picture also of Jesus in the Old Testament. There's no New Testament reference that specifies that. But amongst scholars, it's, it's pretty unanimous that there's a, a very clear type and picture of Christ when you look at the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. And we see Jesus in many, many aspects. We're going to touch on that today and then go a little deeper later in the series on that. I know you're going to, you're going to enjoy that. So each week we're going to dig a little bit deeper and we're going to be looking at different aspects uh, in, the, in the Joseph story. But today, I want us to fly over the story today at about 10,000 feet. And I want us to consider five lessons from the life of Joseph that, that show us the process of, of living into God's dream for your life. And that's the title of the message today, living into God's dream for your life. And so I want to read the, the scripture. So Genesis chapter 37, starting at verse 2. Now Joseph being 17 years old, he was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report 
of them to his father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic or a coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and they could not speak peaceably to him. Now, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. And so he said to them, please hear this dream, which I have dreamed. There we were binding sheaves in the field. And then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brothers said to him, shall you indeed reign over us or shall you indeed have dominion over us? And so they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. And then he dreamed still another dream and he told it to his brothers and said, look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. And so... He told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, what is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come and bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind, living into God's dream for your life, living into God's dream. How many people would say you have a dream for your life? Or throughout your years of growing up, whatever stage you may find yourself in, you've thought about what your life would be like, what it could be. What, what does God have for me? Especially those of you who are followers of Jesus. What, what, does, God, what does God have for me? And you think about your life, and most of us want to, think about our lives in, in a positive light and we think, well, I want good relationships and maybe we think along the lines of career or family or friendships, opportunities, places to travel. How many people have been dreaming of places to travel? We have a dream of places we want to go and things we want to do and ultimately the people that we want to become. And I think that's a God-given thing that each one of us carry. It's a dream, a dream for our lives. I believe God deposits those things. We want, we want our lives to be successful and fulfilled. And it's one of the questions that we get, especially when we're in our later high school years. I feel, I feel for our high school students, any high school students in the room that people ask you constantly, what are you going to do after high school? Who are you going to be? What's your career? And then even those of you who are in university, so you're graduating university. What are you going to do with your life? Who are you going to be? And the reality is, although I have fulfilled so much of some of the things that I dreamed about when I was younger and what my life could be and what, what God would do in me and through me, and um, maybe like you, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to be when I grow up. Anybody? I'm still trying to really understand what it is that God has in his heart for me to fulfill. And I want to encourage us today as we come through, we've come through a number of very tough months, getting close to a year and a half. As we come into this time, uh, we are positioning our, our hearts. I believe God is positioning our hearts in our church and he is calling us 
at this time to dream with him again, to dream with him. I want to, I want to encourage you to begin to seek God for his dream, for your life, for the season, for the future, for what he has in store. Many people get started dreaming, but they, they lose heart. But I, I want to I encourage you in this, that it is God who puts and plants his dream for our lives in our hearts. God has a dream and he has a destiny for each one of us to fulfill in Christ. God said to Jeremiah that before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. In other words, God had a dream for Jeremiah before he was even born. The same is true for you and me. Even before the foundations of the world, God, God had an idea and he had a dream for us. New Testament says, Paul says that we are God's workmanship and we are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared in advance for us. That means God has a dream in his heart for us. And, and, and the, the challenge is, is that as we understand that it is God who works in us, to will and to do according to his good pleasure. It's God's work. It's God's dream. As he plants that dream, he has a destiny for us to fulfill that we can get started in that dream and we can give up when we face life's challenges. And life's challenges we will face. We do face. Whether it's things that don't turn out the way we hope, whether it's hardship or pain or brokenness or sickness or illness or or, or, or whatever it may be, or, or maybe it's our own brokenness, our own failures. Maybe we've failed so often that some of the dreams or some of the, the things that we felt, even as followers of Jesus, that, that some of those things that God had for us, well, maybe it's for someone else because I am too broken and I'm too much of a failure. And sometimes we fail down and we fail flat on our face and we find ourselves thinking the dream is over, the dream has died, There's, this dream is now void and it's not for me anymore. Think about maybe some times where maybe you, through scripture or, or through a prophetic word or through something just in your spirit, you feel like God has a destiny for me. He has something for my family. He has something that he wants me to walk in. He has good works that he's prepared in advance that I would walk in them. And I think we live with this, but, but when we fail and we stumble, we wonder, is the dream, is the dream over? I like what John Maxwell says. He says, we're all going to fail, but when we fail, we should, we should fail forward. <laughs> In other words, failure is not your final destination. How many are thankful for that? That when we fail, we should fail forward. And when we fail, when we fall down flat on our face, when we're laying there on the floor, it's good for us to consider while we're down there, we should look around us and see if there might be anything worthy of us to pick up and learn so that when we get up off of our face, we move into the season ahead, and we carry that with us. You see, this is part of the journey of dreaming with God, living into God's dream for our lives. So the Joseph story, we learn that the path to living into God's dream, really, when you see the whole narrative, it's, it's more about a relentless commitment to character formation, probably, than anything else. That we are invited then to live into that and to partner with God in the things that he has in his heart for us. So how do we, how do, we do this? Well, we're going to look at these, at these principles. The first principle is this. Before you do or dream anything, you are loved 
purposed and destined for significance in God. You are, you are loved by God already. You, 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 before you even begin to dream, before you begin to step into God's calling and dream and some of the things he has in store for you and, 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 and some of the, the, the things that are deep in your heart and that you're longing for and, and, and desiring and that you see potentially for your life in God, that you are already loved. It says that now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children. He loved Joseph more than all his children. And Joseph knew it. Joseph knew it because he was, he was maybe he was getting a little, little too confident, a little, little too cocky maybe, because he, he had the coat that his dad gave him, and he knew that he was the son with the birthright. Although, really, it, it could have been the son uh, uh, Reuben, uh, who was the son of Leah, who maybe had the rightful place of the birthright, but because of his indiscretion with his father's concubine, and also, I think because of Jacob's love for Rachel, that Leah's son was passed over, and now it was Joseph and then his younger son, Benjamin, in that line. But Joseph then was the son who was beloved of the father, who was loved. And Joseph knew this. And I think there's something about us knowing deep inside that we are loved. Knowing we are so loved by God is is the fertile soil of dreaming with God. It's the place where God plants those dreams in, in, the, in the security of love. You think about it. When a child is in a family and they're affirmed and they're loved and they're cared for and they're nurtured, in, in that family, it is likely that that child will have an easier time of having self-confidence, of being able to accomplish things, uh, of having a sense of, I can do it. I, I, you know, one of the scriptures that we taught our kids and we just drilled it into them when they were little, I remember one of the first things was, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I, and I remember times even when my kids were little and I was feeling a little bit discouraged and I was, you know, complaining or whatever, they'd look at me and they'd say, Dad, don't you know that the Bible says that, that God says that we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength? Dad, can we go to McDonald's? No, we can't go to McDonald's. But the Bible says we can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Oh, thanks for the reminder. But there's, there's a confidence that we feel in the atmosphere of, of God's love and acceptance and that we are purposed and we are, we are destined, that God has dreams in his heart and in his mind for us. And when we know it, we, we walk with our shoulders back a little bit more. We walk with a little more confidence. And Joseph knew it. He said, hey guys, look at my jacket. Look at my, I'm favored, I'm loved. Now again, he probably was learning some character lessons here. This was probably one of those moments in the character journey of Joseph living into God's dream for his life where he failed flat, or he failed and he fell flat on his face. Where he had to learn from this that there's a way and a time to do this. But we also see then, as I mentioned, there's a picture of Jesus, and we see this throughout the story of Joseph. But this echoes the, the, the father's love for Jesus at his baptism, and we talked about that a couple of weeks ago where Jesus was being baptized by John the Baptist, and, and the heavens opened, and the, and, the, and the Spirit of God, like a dove, descended upon Jesus in a voice that said, this is my beloved son 
in whom I am well pleased. You see, before Jesus even started his ministry, did any miracles, did anything, the Father's love was for him. And Joseph now was loved. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other children. It was a place of love before you do or dream anything. Do you know that you're loved by God today? In a season where we are saying, what does it mean now to live into the dreams of God for the future, for, this, for the next season? It's got to start being reminded that we are safe. Even for our church, as we look forward, let's remind ourselves that we are a loved body of believers by God. He has purposes in his heart for our congregation. He has things in his mind. And it's all from love that we get a confidence in him as we learn to dream with him. Secondly, God is, in the, is the dream giver. I should say God is the dream giver. But you are called to be the dream carrier. God gives the dream. He, he, he sets the destiny for your journey and your life. But like Joseph, he had to learn how to carry this dream. He had to learn how to grow up into his coat and fit it well. Before he ruled, he was dreaming of ruling, but not till he was 30 later on, many years. He's 17 years old now. Many years later now, he, he's eventually ruling as the second most powerful leader in the land. But he had to carry the dream. Joseph, it says, had a dream. This phrase, Joseph had a dream. Those three words. In the Hebrew, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the phrase means to bind firmly. In other words, Joseph was bound firmly. He had this dream. This dream that God gave him, he was not going to let go of. And in one sense, not only did Joseph have the dream, but the dream had him. When God calls you to a dream, it's our responsibility to carry it. And it's, it's, it's so consuming and it's so, uh, it, it, it's, it's so powerful in our lives that not only do we commit to the dream that God has for us, the destiny, the fulfillment of the purposes of his heart, but that it actually begins to carry us. We're called to be carriers of the dream and let the dream carry us. You see, dreams are very biblical. It's one way that God speaks to people throughout the scripture. And even in the book of Acts, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the evidence of the outpouring is prophecy and dreams and visions. And there's dreams in the Old Testament and there's dreams in the New Testament. And some of us have had dreams from God. There's a number of us in the room that would say, I've, I've, I've had a dream. Uh, they, they feel that maybe God has, has given them. And I know in my life, there have definitely been dreams that I say that had to be God. It's said that we, as humans, dream approximately four times a night. Do you remember your dreams from last night? Some of you might. Most of us forget our dreams. I go through seasons. I go through seasons where it feels like I dream, and then they're so vivid, and I just remember them like, I did the, like days and weeks later. And then, there's, and then there's other seasons where I just dream, and I know it was quite the adventure last night, but I couldn't tell you what I did. But it was amazing. Dreams are, are fascinating, but there are times, and we see in Scripture that God speaks to humans through through dreams. Joseph, 
He had a number of dreams. We had a couple that he shared here with his family. One was they were out farming, and it was a farming dream, and his sheaves you know, were standing up high, and all his brothers, they were bowing down, and then he had another dream about 11 stars and the sun and the moon. And likely, because of his father's response, it was really a picture of the 11 stars being his 11 brothers, and then the moon and the sun being his father and his mother, or his mother and his father. But because his father says, is, is this dream now showing, uh, is, are, you saying, are you saying that we're going to bow down to you? But God is a dream giver, and he has a dream for your life, but you and I must carry it. We must steward the dreams that God gives us. So let me just give you a couple words of caution when it comes to dreams, because we have dreams that are from God. And if we have those dreams from God, sometimes your dreams, and whether it's an actual dream that you have from God, or whether it's a vision for your life that you feel God has called you to, sometimes your dreams should not be shared with certain people. It's interesting, the, the culture we live in, everybody jumps on social media, and have you ever had this thought scrolling through social media? Does everybody just say whatever they are thinking at any given moment, at any given time, about any given subject? It just seems like people just put whatever on there. I think as Christ followers, we need to walk in deeper wisdom and discernment. What we share, when we share, how we share, who we share with. It applies to social media and it applies to every area of our lives. There are places and times to share the things that God has, has given us to treasure. And there are times for us not to. Joseph was learning in this season. He shared things probably prematurely to the wrong audience with the wrong spirit. Because sometimes the people you share dreams with are actually people that do not have your best interest in mind. And so be wise and be careful. Also, not all dreams are from God. Sometimes dreams, when we dream a dream, it's simply our mind and it's from the soul. Or maybe it's from the pizza or the nachos that we had at 11 o'clock the night before. How many people have had those kind of dreams? <laughs> what is that? Okay. Now, when we do have dreams, though, and we feel they're from God, we should discern these dreams. And we need to ask ourselves, first of all, is this dream biblical? Does it line up with Scripture and with the heart of God and his character? Is this dream a directional dream? And if it is a directional dream, is it a dream that has to do with timing? Do I share it with anybody? And if I do share it, I would encourage you to share it with trusted people who have your best interest in mind. Don't just blare it out there. There are dreams that God has given me that I hold for months, weeks, and years. There are dreams that God has given me that I have not yet released because I do not feel a release to do so. And I would encourage you to steward the dream, to carry, part of carrying the dream is to care for the dream like like a mother would care for a child who she is nurturing over nine months to give full birth to the dream. There needs to be a nurturing. There needs to be a caring and a caring for of that dream, carrying the dream and the dream carrying you. I would just give a word of caution as well. Now, let me say this. I believe there are some valid ministries 
that teach on dreams and biblical dreams, but I would caution you to make sure that you are dreaming and discerning and weighing your dreams within your local church. There are ministries that are good and they have solid teaching, I believe, but there are also ministries that are really out to tickle ears and there are whole conferences and books and things that are written about, you know, interpreting your dreams. And unfortunately, sometimes, even though it has a Christian label on it, can lean more towards new age and, and, you know, spiritual new age uh, philosophies than it can actually biblical solid theology. So I would, I would just encourage you, don't run around to every conference, especially when it's all about registration and making money. Be rooted in your local church. Grow there. Get planted there. You will flourish there. And I'm not saying you can't learn. I mean, the internet is a beautiful thing in so many respects, isn't it? It's horrible and beautiful all at the same time because there's so much to learn and grow, but make sure that it is solid and it is leading you back to a sound doctrine and a local church experience. Just a word of caution as your pastor. Thirdly, God's presence with you indicates God's plans are for you. Joseph, throughout his whole journey, he was rejected by his brothers. He was pushed down a pit. He was sold as a slave. He was falsely accused in the house of Potiphar. He was pushed into prison for a crime that he didn't commit. And in the whole journey of Joseph, in his whole story, God's presence was with him. Multiple times it says this, that the Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. It says in Genesis 39.3 that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. Verse 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph in prison and showed him his faithful love. It says, then the Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. You see, God's presence with you indicates that in the journey of learning how to live into God's dream for your life, it's his presence that will confirm that you are on the right track. It is his presence that will confirm that where you are walking and what you are walking into, that God has your back. He is backing you in that process. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. It doesn't mean it's going to all come together and fall together exactly how you think it will. It likely, looking at Scripture, is going to take twists and turns and directions that you never anticipated. But a sense of God's guiding presence in your life is that confirmation that you are on the right track, that God has opened this door for you. You see, God opens doors and he closes doors. God leads people in certain directions and he changes plans. It's in the New Testament when they were up in Asia Minor. God says, I need you over there in Europe because I have Europe in my heart. And he, his presence is what guides us. God's presence with you indicates that his plans are for you. I want to encourage you. Your dream, your, your sense of where you're at in life, maybe you thought this would happen by now or some of the things in following Jesus or your career or your family or relationships. I want to encourage you today that whether or not you feel like it's come together exactly like you think it should, I want to encourage you today that as you sense God's favor and his presence in your life, you are on the right track. You cannot fail. You will not go off course. God is leading you exactly where he has called you to be and where he needs you to be. Be encouraged. It's part of living into God's dream. 
The Israelites, when they were in the desert, it was the cloud of God's presence by day. It, as they wandered, where are we going? We're, we're no longer in Egypt. We're going to a promised land. We don't know what's coming next. It was God's cloud. It was his presence. And it was the fire by night. There was a season in my own life when I felt a very strong call to finally surrender. Finally. Okay, I'm going to go into ministry as a career full-time. And I, I fought it. And I remember the surrender season where I signed up for Bible college and I decided to go. And it just seemed like there was so much opposition that began to come against me. There, there was financial challenges. There was the car accident that I was in. There was loss of wage and loss of, of work. And there was all kinds of things that lined up against me to fulfill. I couldn't now pay for college and, I, and things were being delayed and there was discouragement. And, but at the same time, on the same time happening on a whole other plane or a whole other track, there were miracles. There were breakthroughs. There were prophetic words. There, there was things coming together in, in the natural that could only be supernatural. There were things that God was at work doing. And in, in, in this side of it, on this track, things were falling apart. On this track, how many know what that's like? On this track, it's going crazy. It, it seems like life just has these two tracks. Everything is terrible. But over here, everything, you sense the favor and the blessing of God. That's how you live into God's dream. You pay attention to the God component of your dream. And you lean into it with the Lord. And he begins to reveal. Furthermore, living into God's dream requires going through a refining process. How many have found that that is the case? You see it all over the life of Joseph. The refining process. You see, he came from a very dysfunctional home. His father with wives and concubines and older brothers that hated him. And, and, and one day things started really going downhill again when he shared his dream. And as they saw Joseph coming out to, to check out, you know, his father says, go and find your brothers. And he's, he's looking for him. And as he's coming at a distance, he's wearing the coat of many colors. And his brothers are looking at him, hating him. And they're calling him names. And they, they look at the little dreamer. Look at this guy coming. Here comes the, the dreamer. And, and in the original language, it's like, here comes the dream expert. He thinks he's an expert at dreams. And, and they're mocking him. And, and a lot of people, they... They, they begin to give up on God's dreams because it gets hard. Because what happened in Joseph's life, it began to get harder from that point. Not only was it a dysfunctional upbringing and a dysfunctional home and a broken family, but, but now, now his brothers actually begin to take action against him, put him down a pit, sold him. Human, the first incident of human trafficking that, that we see in Scripture, Joseph sold as a slave went to Egypt. He went from the pit into prison before he ever went to the palace. And it was a character building season for Joseph. You know, in following God's dream for our lives, a lot of us get discouraged when it gets challenging, when things don't turn out how we hoped they would. When we face opposition, we just say, well, maybe, maybe that dream that I had from God, maybe, maybe the plans that I had for my own life and the desires. You see, it's, as we follow Jesus, God gives us the desires of our heart. He's the planter of those desires. They're good things. Sometimes people say, well, is that God's will or is that just my desire? Well, if it's pleasing to God, if it's biblical, if it's right, if it's positive, 
I believe that those are things that God deposits in our lives that we can trust him in. But we can lose heart when things get hard and the character test begins in our lives. A lot of people start in ministry. A lot of people start in churches. A lot of people start as Christ followers thinking it's all going to be rosy and easy. Anybody who's worked on a church staff, a lot of people don't last on church staffs because they think that we're just going to hold hands and pray all day long and worship. We actually have like budgets and things to do and meetings and crucial conversations and like it's work, you know, and things can get hard and, and, and character needs to be developed as God is calling you forth in that dream. But a lot of people give up on God's dream because life gets hard. Joseph's a beautiful example of someone who pushed through, who continued to be faithful to God when it got hard, when he got mistreated, when he got, when he got misunderstood. And every place he was, God was with him. Another great example in scripture, and what, what a hero he is, is our friend, the apostle Paul. What a hero. Now, Paul knew that God had called him to a destiny, to fulfill something, to accomplish something for his purposes. That's why he says, I press on towards the prize, which is in Christ. And I press on towards that goal with that aim that I'm going to forget what's behind me and, and I'm going to strive for what's ahead of me. And here's another thing that Paul said. Listen to this. Here's a guy who had a dream, but had some character building along the way. Listen to this. He, he said this, I know I sound like a madman. But I have served him far more. I have worked harder. I've been put in prison more often, been whipped times without number and faced death again and again. Five different times, the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced danger from rivers and from robbers. I have faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. And I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers, but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty, and I have gone without food. I have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. Then, besides all this, I have the daily burden of my concern for all the churches. Now, as a pastor, I know what that feels like, but he had a lot of churches. Yet, in all of these things, he says later, he says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul says, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from, what? The beloved love of the Father, the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He was anchored in his purpose, in the love of the Father. He says, I can go through all these character building things. I have been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. All these things have come against me. And you might be looking at this thing. I've, not, I've had it hard, but I haven't had it as hard as Paul. <laughs> None of us have. But in that, let's lean in and learn to live into God's dream for our lives. Let's not let these things that come against us hold us back, but let's embrace it and say, God, I'm not going to give up on you. You haven't called me to an easy life. You have called me to take up my cross and to follow you, Jesus. Christianity is not just a ticket into heaven. It's a total life surrender to Jesus. 
and it requires sacrifice and it requires we look to the scriptures and we see the journey of Joseph and we see the journey of Paul and we commit our hearts to say I am committed to living into God's dream for my life I'm committed to living into God's dream for my family when it gets hard I'm still going to live into it I'm committed to living into God's dream for our local church first assembly I'm committed to living into what God has in his heart for us together I'm committed to it there may be sacrifice there may be setbacks there may be things I don't understand on the trajectory or the timeline or way things are coming together or not coming together but I am committed to living into God's dream and I will live into it and I will journey into it through the refining process through the refining process and lastly and we can call the musicians God's dream includes you but it's never just about you God's dream includes you, but it's not just, this is why dreams are interesting and we can run around finding about all the dreams. It's not just about us. God put Joseph second in command, gave him wisdom during a famine. God's plan and God's dream for Joseph started when he was 17, came into fruition years later as a 30-year-old man who now had grown into his coat. He grew up into it through character, through caring, carrying out God's vision. And as his brothers came looking for food after a series of events back and forth and a number of things took place, finally, you know, they didn't recognize Joseph because now he had, he had grown up into his dream, God's dream. He looked differently. He talked differently. They didn't recognize him. He spoke another language. But he recognized his brothers. And in that moment, I believe he understood in that space, this is why I've been living into this dream my whole life, is for this very purpose, that God is going to use this moment and this time to help others. Maybe when I was 17, I thought the dream was all about me. Maybe, maybe he thought back when he was 17, he was a cocky little kid showing his brothers, but now, now he's, a, he's gone through the journey. And he looks back and he says, it's not just about me. God's dream has included me, but it's not just about me. It's about saving my family. It's God's purposes for the nation of Israel. It's bigger than me. It's, it's greater than me. Joseph says in chapter 50, he finally meets, to his, meets with his brothers, reveals himself, weeps. There's forgiveness. There's healing. He says, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. You see, as you and I learn to live into God's dream for our lives, as we learn to live into God's dream for our local church, it's for the saving of many lives. Will you commit to living into the dream with me? Can we, can we just
Can we lean into God's dream and God's purposes for First Assembly, for our families, for each other? Let's call each other on. Let's pray for each other. Let's champion one another. Let's, let's let the, the, the blessing of unity. Michael, earlier in the service, was asking God to pour out his oil. And as we, he was praying that, I was praying, God, your anointing is a commanded blessing. And that oil comes in that place of unity. And in unity, we say, in oneness, we say we are for one another. We are for him. We are moving forward. Listen, if we don't get God's dream, we're going to buy the cultural narrative and we're just going to chase after whatever the culture is spoon feeding us this week. We got to be resolved. A lot of people, they miss out on God's dream because they actually exchange it when it gets hard, when they, when they get tired, they, they, they disqualify themselves, they cancel themselves, they cancel other people. They just end up joining into the soup of the rest of the world. Following Jesus is different. Following Jesus is the best thing you will ever do if you are not a follower of Jesus already. It is the best thing you can ever commit your heart to. God will bless you. It's not going to be always easy, but it is worth it. It is for the saving of many lives. It is not just that you will be elevated and blessed and, and that you will have a place of a position and even rulership. God is creating you and he is also working in you to rule and to reign with him one day, just like Joseph. Do you know that you are being refined in the process of God's dream for your life for rulership with him. But it's not just for you. It's for the saving of many lives. And like the apostle Paul, Joseph and Paul had this in common where Paul says, all things are working together for good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. That doesn't mean it's all good. It doesn't mean that everything that's happening right now is good. It doesn't mean that the hard stuff that you've gone through is just, oh, it's all good. It's going to be okay. No, it's really hard. It's really tough. It's really challenging. It's really broken. It's really painful. But even the pain and the darkness and the mess and the brokenness and the setbacks that all things are working for good. Just like Joseph's story. God meant it for good. God intended it for good. The reality is today, we've come through a, a number of months and we're tired. We're tired. Families, we're tired. Moms with kids at home, homeschooling your kids, you're tired. It's been a lot of homeschooling. It's been a lot of juggling. It's been, it's been hard. Watching the news, the updates, the numbers. We're weary. Nurses, doctors, people in, in our church that are involved in serving on the front lines, in hospitals. You're tired. You're tired. We're tired. We're all tired business people. You've had to pivot 17 times in the last year. You've had to restructure, reorganize, make very difficult decisions that have impacted people and families and livelihoods. And you've had to make tough calls and you've had to do hard things. And it's, it's tiring. We're weary. But we're going to dream with God because Joseph was tired. Joseph was weary. Paul was shipwrecked. Paul was beaten. And if the heroes in the Bible can, can do it and they can follow God, 
It's our time. It's our watch. We're not going to, we're not going to shrink back. We're, we're going to lean in, even though we're, we're weary, we're, we're going to lean into what God has for us, for our families. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on giving. We're going to keep on serving. We're going to keep on following after what God has in his heart for us. And it's okay to rest and it's okay to be tired. It's okay to take a break. It's okay. Like Elijah. Sometimes we find ourselves under that broom tree where the, where the Lord, the angel of the Lord needs to come and give us some water and some bread and say, okay, you're too tired. Go back, have another nap. <laughs> Journey's too much for you. Be refreshed in him in this summer, in this season. But let God also reignite a call to dream with him like you've never dreamed with him before. What he has in store for you is amazing. Do not sell it short. Do not give up on God's dream for your life because he has not given up on you. Be safe in his love. Be committed to the process. Carry the dream. Let the dream carry you. Commit to character. No, it's not just about you. It's for the saving of many lives and God will grace us. I invite you to stand with me today and if you're here this morning and you have not yet surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, and you say today, I'm ready to become a Christian. You say, well, become a Christian. It seems so complicated. Like Christian means so many things today. What I want to invite you to is just, just to come to Jesus and let him show you what it means. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But the Bible says that without Christ, we're all dead in our sins. We're lost. We're, we're destined for, for hell. We're destined for eternity without him. But because of his grace, because he loves us, he has called us to know him through grace because Jesus died on a cross. Father loved the world so much that he sent his son Jesus to become that once and for all sacrifice for all of mankind. And if you put your trust in him, if you call on the name of the Lord, you will be saved. If you surrender your life to him and, and make him the ruler and the leader of your life, you will be born again. Your sins will be forgiven. You can know you're going to heaven. And if that's you today and you want to surrender your life to Christ consciously, maybe for the first time or you're coming back, would you pray this prayer with me from your heart, whether you're watching online or in this room? Just pray something like this. Jesus, here I am. I ask you to come into my life. Father, th thank you for giving your son to die on a cross for me. Today I surrender to you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Come live inside of me. Thank you for saving me. See, God sees that hunger in your heart today and he's responding to you. And if you prayed that prayer, we have a Bible for you on your way out. We would love to help you at Next Steps. Online, you can click. We'd love to get you a Bible and help you. I want to pray for us today, friends, as a church family. See, Joseph, as I mentioned, he's a picture of Jesus. He was loved, loved by his father. He was rejected by his brothers. He was sold for pieces of silver. He was raised up to be the savior of the world and restore relationships where they've been broken. The name that the Egyptians gave Joseph was Zaphpath Paneah. 
and translated it means revealer of secrets or another way to, re- to translate is, is savior of the world. Jesus, he is the savior of the world. And he wants to save souls today and he wants to dream a dream through you, not just for you, but for souls. To see other people come to know him. I want to pray over us today that God would ignite the dreams. And I'm almost done. I, I, I recognize the time is getting away on us and I want to respect that. But at the staff retreat, there was a prophetic word that was given to one of the staff members. And as I was contemplating it, I felt like that word was broader in the sense that it, it was for our church today. And the picture was that there were old dreams that God had given that were stored up on a bookshelf and they were collecting dust. And the Lord was saying, it's time to dust off the old dreams and it's time to receive new dreams. And so for some of you, maybe you've put those dreams on a shelf and the Lord would say to you today, it's time to pick them up again and let the wind of the Spirit gently yet firmly blow the dust from that past season where it's been dormant, where their dreams have gone dormant, where God's dreams, it's not too late. You're in the character building process. It's all part of the journey. And the Lord would just remind you today that those dreams are not void. They are valid. That it's not anything where you should be self-condemning. It's about his timing. And to receive by grace today a renewed, a renewed resolve to, to live in to God's dream for your life. So Father, I pray in the name of Jesus personally for each one where that would resonate, Lord. And as a church, we dust off all the things that are in your heart over First Assembly. We will not quit. We will not give up and give in to the setbacks, the attacks of the enemy, the opposition, the spirit of the world, the spirit of Antichrist. We will not be intimidated. We will run after you, God. We will, with Paul in confidence, saying, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who who loved us. Who I, and we are, Lord, persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present or things to come nor height nor depth or anything will separate us from your love. We are beloved sons of God and we are called to dream with our Father. And we will dream and we will see what you have for us in the name of Jesus. We say yes, Lord. Would you just lift your hands with me this morning and just say yes, Lord, if that's your desire. God, I'm tired, but I'm willing to dream with you. Dust off the dreams, God, for my family. Dust off the dreams, Lord. We call forth those who are not following Jesus to follow him those who are uh, called to creativity and it got hard and there's been a creative process and it got hard because the spirit of the world crept in. I feel like the Lord is saying there's grace for you and he's calling you back to his heart and in that place you will dream and you will write and you will create and you will do more than you've ever seen possible before because with God you will not fail and yoked with him you will succeed in everything. God is releasing creativity. God is releasing releasing creative ideas and God is restoring and God is healing bodies and God is saying now it's time to dust off the dreams and here it comes and get ready because it's time to dream again in the name of Jesus. Let's worship him together this morning. Let's sing this song as a declaration that the church will rise in Jesus' name.
Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.